And another thing And another thing And another thing And another thing Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing the podcast that continues to set the bar in the world of podcasts. My name is Jody Jenkins. I'm Tony Clement. And we are thrilled for today's guest. Woo-hoo. It's going to be uh, off the charts. I'm really <laughs> pumping this up. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. I like it. Um, might as well thank our sponsors right off the top. John Mutton and the team at Municipal Solutions, our weekly presenting sponsor couldn't have the show um, exist without their support and you can find them online at municipalsolutions.ca and I know that Tony you can expand a little bit more on what they do yes I can I want to wish John's wife Anna a very happy birthday it's her birthday today so uh, you know we're we're a family we're a family show too we we celebrate birthdays but of course John has his serious side too and uh, municipal solutions has been Ontario's leading MZO firm, Municipal Zoning Orders. So if you need those developments approved or the permits approved or planning services uh, with municipalities, engineering, architectural services, even minor variances, land severances, they can do all of those things. You go to municipalsolutions.ca and John and the gang can help you out. We also want to remind our listeners that uh, this show is repeated on terrestrial radio, Hunter's Bay Radio in Muskoka, 88.7 FM, every Saturday morning at 8.30. What a great way to start your Saturday morning. Listen to one of our podcasts. You can uh, obviously get it uh, from those call letters, 88.7, but also huntersbayradio.com. It can be streamed every Saturday, 8.30 a.m., and then our newest sponsor, Jody. Yeah, she's really excited to be our sponsor. We're very happy to have her along for the ride. The Muskoka Chef, Julie, the Muskoka Chef. And she is, of course, a female-owned local food service company. She serves the Muskoka Lakes region all year round. The kind of services she offers, number one, on-site and off-site catering. Uh, number two, private chef experiences. And number three, very popular this time of year, Jody, micro wedding catering services. So if you've got a, a smaller wedding, uh, she can cater to that too. She is located right on Lake Joseph and she delivers food by car to your front door or by boat to your dock. I mean, that is so Muskoka. Now, summer 2022 is uh, it's a little bit sold out, but there are still some spots available. And also September 2022 and beyond, there are spots available. She also offers vegetarian, vegan, and gluten-free options. And where do you find Julie? You find her at themuskokachef.com or call her directly, 416-846-3653. And finally, don't forget to find exclusive episodes uh, through looneypolitics.com uh, of our program, Uh, Become a subscriber by using the code podcast to get 50% off an annual subscription. And again, looneypolitics.tony, I know that you were down here, what, last week playing golf? It was the worst I've ever seen you play. Oh, my gosh. I knew I wanted to, you know, it was bad. Uh, But uh, we found part of the problem, didn't we, Jody? I 
my swing was affected by my coat. Oh, yeah. I told you that. How Did you listen to me, though, when I to- told you at first? No. 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 I didn't think it was possible, but my game was not great after, but it did improve. But you got to tell our audience, you were at the Canadian Open. Yeah, on Wednesday, went to St. George's. I had a good time with my daughter. Uh, enjoyed checking that out. And we uh, we actually watched, uh, followed uh, Justin Rose, who ended up shooting I think, well, he tied the course record of 60 wow. on Sunday. He could have been, he could, and that was with two bogeys. I think he had three eagles, two bogeys, and still shot. Three 11. eagles? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, he holed out on number one, so he made a two there, and then he eagled two of the par fives. And Yeah, he was, uh, in theory, I think he should have easily been 59, 58. Of course, easy for me to say that. but Yeah, uh, yeah no kidding, eh? Holy but what a course. Unbelievable. Probably one of the... I mean, I've been to a lot of courses for Canadian Opens. It was, man, it could have been in the best shape of a, a Canadian Open course I've ever seen. So, Well, it's exciting to see the crowds back and everyone uh, enjoying it in person again, eh? Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a good time. So, so yeah, lots of, uh, lots of excitement around that. And, of course, Live Golf Tour. Uh, lots of people talking about that new uh, Greg Norman yes. idea that's come to fruition. And actually, we're going to get uh, a friend of mine, Mike Stachura, who's one of the uh, editors for Golf Digest. He's he's going to come on the show, I think, pretty soon. And we're going to chat about chat about that because I got some different views. I think him and I disagree on some stuff, but it'll be interesting to have him on. So. A lot of people are talking about it, so yeah. we might as well talk about it as well. I think yeah, that's great. So. Anyway, let's get to our <laughs> guest and, uh, yeah, go from there. Well, I think this is great because uh, we're a podcast and we've got uh, Toronto Mike, Mike Boone with us today. He is, uh, of course, the Toronto area podcaster, broadcaster and producer. He is the Canadian godfather of podcasting and he has 20 plus years of digital marketing experience. His podcast is called Toronto Mike and has over, Jody, 1,060 episodes. So we are just little pikers. When it comes to this, Toronto Mike, welcome. Tony, thanks a lot. And another thing, uh, Jody, has anyone told you that you sound like Nick Kiprios? Whoa. I sound like Nick Kiprios? Yeah, honestly, I'm listening to the timber of your voice. It sounds like Kipper. Oh, okay. Well, oh, that's, uh, I'll have to start. The show? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> meant a compliment, like... <laughs> not meant to be an insult. That's oh, no, no, yeah, no. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. No, I have to go. Now I'm going to have to go listen to him and see. <laughs> just endlessly have them on loops. Yeah. <laughs> and Tony, of course, I hear your voice regularly. Uh, in addition to your podcast, I hear you on Humble and Fred all the time. Yeah, I'm on, I guess, once every six or seven weeks, uh, Mike, and uh, you help set that up. And uh, it's always, always fun to talk to the guys. I, that's one of my questions, actually. Uh, I was going to ask it later on, but uh, now's a good time, too. Y- you're part of their success. We've had Humble and Fred on this show too. How, what's their secret sauce? What, uh, how do they do it? I mean, they, they have become kind of legends just like you in the sense that longevity and uh, having the consistency, what do you, what do you see as their success? Well, it's a great question. Like I think often like, why does Humble and Fred work when so many of these former radio guys start podcasts and it simply doesn't take, like it doesn't last I won't use any specific examples, but there's, you know, other Humble and Freds out there who give this a go and it just falls flat, no audience, and then they end up giving up. But I think Humble and Fred works because it's it's a show of heart. 
I think there's there's heart there. Like it's it's not just a couple of guys telling jokes or riffing on the news. There seems to be an, an emotional connection, and I think these two guys have the authenticity to pull that off. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously they're they're close friends. Uh, they've been through a lot together. They've had, I think this is part of it too. They've had a, a, some downs as well as ups, right? And everybody knows a little bit about that history. You know, radio success, and then radio uh, sometimes turning their backs on these guys, and then them them finding a way to continue on. So. I think that's part of it too. I remember the conversation in 2006. Like if you can go back to 06, most people weren't talking about podcasts, but I remember when they couldn't get a job, you know, to, they couldn't get arrested, right? They couldn't get a job to save their lives and they wanted to broadcast together. And I remember our sit down where I said, guys, there's a burgeoning new format and you don't need a terrestrial radio station to broadcast in 2006. And I still remember that. And then, we concocted a plan for them to record a Christmas episode at Dan Duran's house. And that was uh, December 06. So you convinced them into this new podcasting world. How did you find out about podcasting that, that early? Uh, at that time, Apple, I think iTunes had just added podcasts to iTunes. And I, I was a blogger from way back. And this is of course a side hustle because it wasn't paying my mortgage or feeding my kids. But I was blogging and I was kind of like following radio and this and that on torontomike.com. And then when I heard, I believe the first one I listened to was a Ricky Gervais podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. And I remember, <laughs> this is going to sound funny, but there was no blueprint. Like, how does a regular Joe do this in his basement? And I remember reverse engineering the uh, Ricky Gervais podcast and realizing like cause and effect. Oh, you know, uh, Apple iTunes will index this XML and look, that's where the title will go. That's where the subtitle will go. Look, there's the description. Oh, there's the audio file, like all of that. And just realizing basically cause and effect when you put this in the XML and iTunes indexes it, this is what spits out on your, your laptop. So yeah, all I needed, I went to the guys and I had no idea about creating like a uh, a, a nice sounding piece of audio, but uh, Dan Duran had the gear, right? Hubble and Fred had the chops, and I had the back end digital uh, expert. Oh, I wasn't and really, I faked it until I made it right, but uh, I was really ready to get my hands dirty and figure out that part. And voila, mm. we had a uh, Christmas podcast in 2006, and it sounded probably just like a radio show at that point, right? It sounded great because uh, good microphones and great pipes. And yeah, we just had to get it into the ears of the fan base without a terrestrial radio license. And before 2006, I'm not sure we would have been able to do that. And how did you, how did you contact the fan base? Like, you know, because uh, did you just email it out to people or how, how did it work? Well, here's where it, it was a kind of good fortune that I had at this point in 2006 and here I am patting myself on the back here, but I had a very good, I had a strong following for radio news. Like if you were interested in what happened to humble Howard on mix 99.9, you were going to torontomike.com to find out. Like I had, uh -huh. so basically I leveraged this existing reputation as the radio analyst or whatever the heck I was. I never ever called myself that, but I, I, I leveraged that to broadcast to the you know, the Toronto universe that, Hey, humble and Fred are back. 
here's how you can hear the podcast because most people didn't know how you subscribe to a podcast. So I remember like I doc I documented like for dummies, like this is how you can hear your friends, Humble and Fred, back broadcasting. And, you know, it's kind of built from there, right? You got to start somewhere. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Now you've got, as I said, over 1,060 episodes of your own podcast. So how... How do you do that? How did how did you how do you keep going with that many episodes? And how do you keep the guests fresh and and the and the topics fresh? You have to have passion, my friend. I can't imagine. Do, there's, I don't think you could put a dollar amount on this. Like I don't think I could do this. I, I shouldn't say that because if you backed a Brinks truck up to my house or whatever, I might figure a way to fake it. But I have passion for this type of what I call real talk. Like I would, I love having people on and diving deep into subjects and having a long form conversation. And sometimes there's some music being played and sometimes there's some fun being had. Sometimes there's tears being shed, but I love doing that. So yeah, earlier today, I actually recorded episode 1063. And I think in many regards, I'm just, you know, just getting started. Like it sounds funny to say that, but Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I think I've just kind of started to figure this out. So let's let's start this thing for real, so to speak. Now, Jody, uh, you'll you'll have to understand that when Mike talks about uh, talk, he can go on for two or three hours. <laughs> so somewhat different from our our format, but a different format. That's fine, right? Absolutely, and and you know our mutual friend Fred Patterson makes fun of me uh, <laughs> often for this because he once told me like. It's funny because his show, by the way, will often go two hours. But oh, yeah. Yeah. he's gone on the right. If if he if I have an interesting guest on, he'll be he'll literally say to me like, "Oh, I'm very interested in that guest you had on, but I'm not listening to anything for ninety minutes." Like that's a sentence he'll say to me, and yeah. I just shake my head. I I I just shake my head. I love the guy, but to me, that's an ignorant statement. I mean, I just had Dave Thomas on. And we went over two hours and there's not a single minute I would edit out of that conversation because he was spinning gold. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that, that's fair. I mean, and you have the ability to carry the conversation for that amount of time too. Uh, yeah. I should point out, I never say to myself, okay, I'm going to make this a two hour episode. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. If I think it's wrapped up by the, you know, I had Cynthia Dale on and it was amazing, but it had run its course and it was a natural you know, one hour episode. Okay. Gotcha. So, and, but, but if Cynthia, if it had gone a different way and she was being verbose with great stories or whatever, that could have been a two hour episode. So I don't know how long an episode's going to be. Well, there's one exception to this rule, but I don't know how long an episode's going to be till we get to the end of it. And then I know when it's done. The exception being the first Thursday of every month when Mark Weisblatt from 1236 visits. And I know when he, enters the side door here and comes down the basement. I know it's going to be a three hour episode. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like you, you can take it to the bank. So you, uh, you said at the outset, uh, I mean, you're, can I style you as a bit of a historian about Toronto radio? You clearly know some of the history about CFNY and uh, humble and Fred. Well, Tony, I think I'm a natural born archivist and a very curious cat. So, uh, nice. yeah, go ahead. I think, I think I've learned a lot over the 1064 episodes. For now, sure. do you have an aversion to corporate radio? Uh, would that be fair to say? Okay. I will say my, my current appetite 
for radio is uh, it, none. Like I'm, I'm a right now. I'm a. I will occasionally listen to CBC Radio, right. and I will occasionally tune in a Blue Jay game if I'm in the backyard and I want to hear the Jays. Otherwise, uh, it's podcasts and music for me. Uh, but that's I. I just find terrestrial radio, and I know this show is on terrestrial radio, but I think this is an exception. But typically, terrestrial radio, in my opinion is very inauthentic, very contrived, and very formulaic. And to me, that doesn't scratch my itch. Like, it doesn't do anything for me to hear phony baloney talk. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it, it, has, it has a different vibe to it. There's no, uh, to me, there's no question that they are different. When I listen to even satellite radio, I find quite formulaic now. Sure. And, uh, it, it really begs the question, uh, you know, and there's maybe two schools of thought. I mean, Alan Cross is out there and he says that their future is bright for terrestrial radio. Uh-huh. And, you know, Humble and Fred are kind of on the other extreme saying there is no future in, in terrestrial radio. Where do you? Where well, do you, you got to keep in mind, uh, Humble and Fred have sort of a vested interest in there being no future for terrestrial. Yeah. Radio. And okay. Alan Cross has a vested interest in there being a future for terrestrial radio. The man still cashes checks from Chorus. And yeah. Like you got to kind of see everybody's, you know, bias as they enter the arena but uh i will say that from what i understand they're still making good money at these you know traditional stations like chfi like somebody's listening and people are still paying big bucks to advertise there but without a doubt that pie tony we just know this anecdotally but without a doubt that pie is shrinking because how many people do you know who used to listen to the radio in the car and the radio when they did this are now switching to listen to a podcast yeah, I mean, my my uh, tastes have changed since I got into podcasts, but I'm I'm also very involved with Hunters Bay Radio in Muskoka, which is but now that's a community radio station, right? Not sort of in the corporate world per se. It's probably not. don't have like consultants in those no. uh, those groups. What are they called uh, when the groups get together and tell you the eight songs you should be playing? Focus groups, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The, no, the people. Right. Yeah. We want to hear Smashing Pumpkins, but it has to be 1979. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, it, it's a lot looser there. I have my own show. Nice. Uh, He's rocking Shindig there once a month. And uh, I, I I get I get to make my own choices. And uh, some of them are quite mainstream and some of them are not. And yeah. uh, that's the way it is for all of our hosts. And they're all volunteer hosts, except for the morning and the afternoon drive hosts. See, that's they, the spirit of radio right there. Shout out to David Marsden. Yeah, exactly. Eh? Yeah. Jody, you've been very quiet. Anything you want to talk about? Jody's listening to Nick Kiprios on the other. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm screening all his past shows and appearances <laughs> and just trying to figure out where the where the connection is. So I'm, uh, I'm just enjoying you two go back and forth. Tony, do you have a dock? Did I hear in the intro that you, is there, you have a dock in Muskoka or you? Oh no. Uh, the intro that was, uh, the Muskoka chef. She delivers to your dock. Okay. But do you have a dock? I I have a dock. Yeah, sure. Okay. So I'm like, just totally jealous here. Like I want a dock, but you have to have some waterfront to have a dock. That's the thing, right? So you have waterfront. I, I do. I'm not a lot, uh, actually, because I'm right over a dam that then feeds into the waterfalls, basically. So oh. my dock is the last dock before the dam. So you really have to have a lot of strength in your kayaking or canoeing to make sure you don't go oh. down the falls. But, but technically, I, yes, I do have a dock. And uh, 
right next door to my place is my in-laws place, which does have a little bit of a beach and another dock. And usually my kids, when they're entertaining their friends go over there uh, because it's just a little bit safer and uh, you don't have to worry about crashing into the, uh, the waterfalls. If you do another podcast and you go like a spinoff, I think last dock before the dam is a good title for a <laughs> Okay. Yeah. It, it sounds uh, like it could be the, the last chance saloon. Exactly. Love uh, it. But uh, yeah, no, that's uh, it, it's definitely uh, a labor of love up there. And I do love the radio up there because it is community radio. So it has a, again, a different feel to it. And uh, but it's not all Kim Mitchell all the time, right? No, 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 no. And it's funny, and uh, we have a where we broadcast. It's a it's an old house, and there's a kind of a living room space um, right before. As you walk in the door, there's a living room space, and then there's the broadcast area. And uh, Alan Doyle was doing a show. Wow. At um, uh, at uh, the um, Huntsville Theater, and he just walked by and then poked his head in and then sat in on in the couch on the couch for for uh you know a half an hour or so just listening to the radio show oh. being done and saying you know this is what radio used to be like you know you could just walk in and sit down on a couch and listen to the the hosts so he was that was kind of fun that he he had that vibe from us but uh yeah that's like the opposite of corporate radio i know the uh when cfny first launched in the uh mid to late 70s they were in a little house yeah. And when Indy 88 launched, which is kind of like the new spirit, if you will, and the Indy 88, they're in a house in Liberty Village. And shout out to Alan Doyle because I saw him open for the for Blue Rodeo uh, this not this past summer. So I guess uh, last summer. And man, he's good. That guy, yeah. that guy can play. No, he, he can. And he gets the crowd going, too, for sure. Uh, I guess before we let you go. Um, yeah, you've been delving a lot into the John Derringer situation i guess so uh, i guess my first question is why did you cotton on to that story did did somebody give you a scoop about it before it happened or okay so good good questions here uh it's interesting i'm glad you brought this up because a like a former morning show guy with a podcast accused me of piling on john derringer and when i reviewed everything in my mind jennifer valentine drops a video on facebook on it's a long weekend the may 2-4 but she drops it on saturday morning and on sunday i aggregate like it was just an aggregate page it's called the allegations against john derringer and it, it just so happened that a month before the jennifer valentine video jackie delaney was on toronto mike yeah. and she went public about her experiences with john derringer and it actually caused her to leave the industry and I made a comment like it was shocking to hear, I said, because he's one of the legends of Toronto radio. And then Jackie said, well, the way he treats his female co-stars stars is also legendary. So she puts that on my show and it kind of sits there for a bit. And then Jennifer drops her video. So then I created a page. Here's Jennifer's video. Here's Jackie Delaney on Toronto Mike. And here's uh, at the time I had there was a tweet from Maureen Holloway and there was a tweet from uh, Andrea Ruse. And there was actually a tweet from a tweet, a tweet, a tweet from uh, Supriya Duavetti. and then Humble Howard got permission from Colleen Rushholm to basically quote her. So suddenly, on my page, it was an aggregation of like several women that we know and respect sharing their stories. And 
that's I literally didn't present a take. Like I never gave an opinion on the matter. Right, right. I actually intentionally didn't write anything like John Derringer's terrible, what a what a piece of garbage. I did none of that. I literally just shared these perspectives from other from from women. And that's all I did. And for a few days, this was the go-to, you know, place on the internet if you were interested in catching up on that story. Because the mainstream media didn't, you know, get involved until later on uh, the Tuesday. And you must have had a ton of feedback on that, too. Yeah, but again, this goes back to 2006, where I uh, was able to promote Humble and Fred's podcast because I was a go-to place for radio news. Like, I've sort of been building that since 2002 basically so now we're 20 years of torontomike.com you know proving itself to be a place you go if you want to find out like what happened to mad dog or you know why is ryan doyle not on the air or what's going on with mike stafford like all of those questions you have you know all i have good contacts inside and i will do my best to find out and then write about it there so this was just sort of part of that it's just part of what i've been doing for 20 years it's kind of weird like when you're a radio listener and you know a radio fan you know one minute your your favorite uh host is on the air and poof they disappear right you never know you don't have any closure you never know why uh i'm talking generically now not not about the derringer situation so it it is kind of a weird uh because it is a private workplace but it's also a it's in the public space that, you know, what happened? Why is there a format change that I didn't know about? And, and that's the other thing too. Formats change. Poof. One minute is this and the next minute something else. Well, the one, what the trend I don't like in radio is uh, somebody will go on vacation and just never come back, but they'll never, they'll never acknowledge the person has yeah. gone. They just delete them from the website and they stop mentioning the person's name. And then of course, everybody at some point, they realize, oh, this person never can't isn't coming. This person can't be on vacation. It's been too long. So eventually, they'll hit Google, <laughs> and they'll go, "What happened to Joe Blow?" Or did Joe whenever? And then they'll end up on my page. So that's how it'll work. They'll go through Google, then end up on my page, and they'll find out, oh, Joe Blow was let go. So, because right. no, and and additionally, Tony, the mainstream media used to cover this stuff. You remember the Toronto Star would have a guy, the Sun, the Globe. They would have somebody who would cover like radio firings and stuff. And then as these years progressed, that, that role got eliminated. And now it takes a really, like J- Derringer's an exception now because it's a big yeah. story. But yeah. the typical radio DJ who goes missing, I'm now actually thinking of uh, like Jim Richards right now, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just to be very specific, uh, he was doing an afternoon drive show on a big Toronto talk radio station. And then suddenly there was a new afternoon drive show and they 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 you know, that new show's in place. It's been there for a few months now, but there's been no word about Jim Richards. Yeah. Like, what happened to, this guy was there for decades. It's such a weird medium yeah, and, and a weird business. It, Jody, yeah. Jody, you must agree with me on that. <laughs> <laughs> You've got uh, your stories. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Radio is weird. It's, uh, it's a small community, so I don't know. Yeah. No, I <laughs> Does Jody you. know what happened to Jim Richards? No, I don't. I don't even like talking about News Talk 1010 because that show, that station, pisses me off now. So, <laughs> and, and, and Tony, once you see that there's something like that, that's when you just gently and kindly say, 
what do you mean by that, Jody? And then suddenly Jody will just let it all out. What is it about 1010 that's got him so frustrated? Well, I'll tell you what's got me so frustrated. So I used to, I mean, I, I've always loved that station. In fact, one of my, because I mean, I've been in radio for 20 years or I was, I, should, I mean, I'm not in terrestrial radio or whatever radio is, but I was, you know, I was in for 20 years. I was on air for a long time and then moved to management. I ran a station. One of my dreams was to be on News Talk 1010. And I actually was a, a panelist for a little while with, uh, at night with Barb DiGiulio. Right. Um, so it was cool. It was the greatest. I mean, one of my highlights, I was actually in the studio, studio doing panel stuff. So I thought that was great. Um, but Jerry Agar, still love him on that station. But it, I, like the people they've put in there, great broadcasters or whatever. But it feels like even they, it feels like they set up the calls now that come into that station because the whole tone has completely flipped in like a matter of months. So are you saying it's, it's moved from the far right? It's become a bit more central. Oh or? yeah, it's. Yeah. I'll, I'll say it's a bunch of lefties now. That's what it is. <laughs> I, 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 this is all new to me. I haven't listened to Ten Ten for years, so uh, I've I, uh, heard this though, Jody. And uh, you're right. Agar seems to be the exception now because I was reading this piece. They said, okay, so John Moore is on vacation, and they said Agar is going in for more, and they said these are polar opposite audiences because john moore is like your lefty on the station and agar is your righty and uh, it's just fascinating so how does agar still stay there like i i mean if he go if he was to go i won't listen to the station at all but no idea my friend but yeah Yeah. he's been there a while now but uh i have no idea but do you what about 640 do you think 640 is also uh shifting to the left no, is that the only thing I remember about 640? Is that was that Mojo at one point? Oh yeah, well that's way back. Yeah, Humble and Fred were there. That's way. Yeah, back. yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't honestly, I don't listen to any other radio other than the occasional News Talk 1010, and typically I tune in when uh, when Jerry's on, or I, I like Mark Tuey too, but so. Okay, interesting, but yeah. So, so Tony, you see that like you can yeah. have a fascinating, you know, radio discussion with anybody, even somebody like myself who doesn't actually listen to terrestrial radio. Yeah, but people are passionate about it. it, it uh, well, I mean, some are passionate about it, and some just don't care. I guess that's the way to put it. But uh, well, it depends on the age. I mean, Jody, yeah. he he slipped that he's been working around the industry for twenty years, so we know he's not, uh, you know, in his you know his twenties. So, but but you know, I have. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a guess i can't yeah. see him but you know so you talk to the younger crowd and i have a 20 year old and then you talk to that crowd and radio is just not part of their world it's just they there's no connection to it because they didn't they didn't grow up with it like we all did yeah well, you hey mike you think there's another toronto big name that I, again these are all names i'm bringing up are guys yeah. i used to like i don't, I don't want to use the word idolize but when i was in because my my grandfather was a broadcaster my uncle is still in broadcasting so I kind of like come by it naturally. And it's like, these are people I look up to. But remember when Edge was the powerhouse sure. and Dean Blundell, for lack of a better term, was like a god. Like the guy I remember because I, I did a golf show like he was so I mean, I don't know if you knew this, but like he was like a Callaway sponsored ambassador, like pushing clubs like they had him at these events. Like to me, he was like the guy that everybody in broadcasting school wanted to be and can we intern on the you know dean blundell show but you know i i feel like he's kind of like tumbled from grace huge and he's he's gone like weird too is he not uh he <laughs> tony i went to this air tony <laughs> this one <laughs> all right so wednesday i'm dropping a piece of audio in the toronto mic feed so you know i have this feed and i'm going to drop a piece of audio 
basically because I've been like systemically like uh, bullied online by Dean Blundell for several years now, and I'm literally just sick of sick and tired of it. So oh, wow. gonna, basically, yeah, he's been uh, spreading lies, and he's the one. By the way, earlier I said somebody accused me of piling on Derringer. Well, that was him. Oh. And it's literally years he's been going at me unfairly. And he'll he'll say he heard something from Fearless Fred and then he'll tell you what he heard. And it will be such hogwash, like 100% lie. And I'm just tired of it. It's just not fair. Like if you came on your show, Tony, and told bald-faced lies about somebody, uh, what is that person to do at that point that you're brought? Is he, is he got a, you got to lawyer up and file a libel suit? Like what are your options here? It just It's just not right. So on your show uh, coming up, uh, you're going to post some audio mm-hmm. uh, on your blog post or on your show in the feed. So if you, anyone who's subscribed to Toronto Mike, it's literally on month. I'm sorry, Wednesday morning. Okay, it's going to pop into the feed. Piece of okay. audio. Wednesday morning, Toronto Mike, and there's another thousand and sixty three shows <laughs> you can catch up on. <laughs> for- well, that point, I think uh, no joke that, that so that episode it'll drop in the feed Wednesday morning will be episode 1066. Wow. Fantastic, man. Listen, it's, uh, Mike, it's been great having you on the program. Uh, I learned a bunch and uh, it was, uh, you know, it's you're, you're part of something special. The podcasting world is growing and uh, it's becoming more relevant and you're helping to drive that. So it's been great to have you on, on our program for sure. Well, thanks for inviting me on and I love what you're doing here. You know, it's uh, right up my alley. So uh, keep keep on keeping on. Great conversation with Mike there about uh, podcasts. And as you said, Tony, you learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was great to have him on. Uh, and uh, he's got a lot of insights, a lot of experience in this field. And of course, uh, also about uh, radio. So uh, I think uh, I would commend this to our audience. This was uh, definitely a learning experience for me. Yeah. His website is torontomike.com, I believe, yes. right? Okay. Yeah, I believe Make so. sure you... Yeah. Uh, Make sure you check that out. Tony, while we were doing this program, what happened? The feds or somebody it leaked from the feds that they are going to end the mandates, vaccine mandates for domestic travel and outgoing international travel. Oh, hallelujah, Hosanna. Yeah. So that's that's good news. It's not not the greatest news for my golf tournament, if you've been following that saga, because it's still, by the sounds of it, it sounds like oh, that doesn't mean incoming yeah. international, right? Oh, right. Okay. But, but technically, though, if you're outbound international, I guess I guess they're saying if it originates from Canada, right? Yeah, yeah. But I can't see how they can not. I mean, you can't do all that and not let people in from yeah. outside of, of Canada yeah. that, aren't yeah. unva- that aren't vaccinated. But this is a good first step. And this is actually what I... Um, what I had heard was going to happen, um, so it's it's uh, it's good good news. Well, I'm I'm happy about that, and uh, we just want our airports to be normal again, and uh, hopefully this will help. Yeah, and I gotta believe. I mean, if they're removing this the the mandates for domestic travel, and you know, loosening up flights, like I gotta believe, if someone was driving, like say of doing using our land border, and they weren't vaccinated, I can't see there being much resistance at the border. For someone driving over, that's just I just can't see it. But we're not offering any legal advice to our no, no. Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying I, I, I just I don't know. I just I mean, 
because you hear people all the time oh, that yeah. are coming over that are unvaccinated. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like. I was I was on the Toronto subway today. Yeah. On the TTC. And uh, of course, the mask mandate is over, uh, I believe. Uh, yes. And uh, I uh, was wa- I was on the subway without a mask. And I'd say it was about 50-50. Yeah. 50-50, eh? Had had masks on in the subway and fifty percent didn't, which is which is fine. It's your it's your choice. Yeah, and of course Trudeau has COVID again. Yeah, boy, he's uh, having rotten luck, isn't he? Yeah. What What do you think that like? I don't, yeah, I don't know what that says about everything. I, I don't mean, know. I don't know. He was in L.A., of course, partying it up uh, after the uh, summit of the Americas, so he might have caught his COVID in in Los Angeles. Yeah, like he's been traveling all over the place. Like, yeah. I mean, he's that's like super spreader extraordinaire right there. Yeah. So but, anyway, but I, I I think he's got minor symptoms, which is good. We don't want anybody to suffer. No. Um, but, oh yeah, uh, obviously. And you still haven't gotten it. No, I don't. I, well, as far as I know, Jody, who knows, right? I I've never tested positive. That's all I can say. And how many microchips have you had implanted in you? <laughs> Several. Several. <laughs> me, me and Bill. Do you Gates. have four or three shots? Three. Okay. And when was your last one? Uh, January. Okay. So is it, what is the, like, what's the efficacy? Right now? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Not much. Probably not much, eh? No, I wouldn't think and so. And will you get the fourth one? Are you eligible for the fourth one? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm eligible. Uh, my attitude you're not, is. You're not that, there yet? I, my attitude is if, if I'm, I'm going to get the fourth one, it'll be in the fall when, if things are spiking again. I see. But are you, but it, but the eligibility, is it like in that time frame? Like, I don't even know what the oh, time yeah, no, frame I, I was eligible in March or April. Oh, that fast. Yeah. It, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, I, I had no interest in at that point, but I'm, I'm sort of giving myself the, the possibility of doing it in the fall. If I feel that, that it's necessary, it's my, it's my choice and uh, I'll, I'll decide based on my risk, risk assessment of things. So it's pretty been it's pretty much been like one year since the initial like rollout of the vaccine when it first came out. Is it pretty much right? Like, wasn't it April? I got, or March I, I got my first one on uh, in late April of twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been like just over a year. Isn't that wild? Eh? That people like that that's been that we've rolled out that many, and that people are still like that. There's four shots, and although I've seen some, I've seen a lot of medical experts saying like, you know, let's slow down on the fourth shot. kind of. So yeah. I, again, I'm, in no, I'm in no hurry and I'll just make the assessment as to what's in my best health interest at the time. Yeah. Isn't it nice? Not talk. This is like the first time we've talked I about talked, COVID we weeks. Talked about this for I know. a long time. It's, it's great. actually nice that we haven't been, uh, yes. but anyway, hopefully uh, we'll continue to see some good progress on mandates and keeping everybody safe still, but uh, doing it in a common sense approach. Um, An approach that is based on common sense rather than politics. Trust the science. Okay. I'm going to say one more thing. Yes. We talked about common sense that there's a new head of the Ontario science table because we're talking about Ontario stuff right now, but there's a new head of the Ontario science table and they're, you know, again, they're dire, not a dire warning, but predicting, you know, a very good chance of, uh, you know, spiking and more cases in the fall. And then of course, Teresa Tam saying there's going to be a seventh wave. Like how, like, why does the, why do we continue to listen to the, some of these people? I don't know. Cause a lot of the stuff, am I wrong in saying this? A lot of the stuff that they've said has been completely false. 
well, it hasn't, it hasn't panned out. It hasn't goodness, panned out. You know, and, uh, you know, I, when you, when you go, when you travel, no one else is talking about this stuff. I know. I think we're all traumatized here in Ontario. I really do. Yeah. You know what? It is Ontario too. It's not even yeah. the rest of Canada. It's yeah. Ontario. And I, I don't know why that is, but anyway. Well, I have some theories, but we'll leave that for another podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't wait for the Stranger Things next episodes to drop. I know. Boy, way to leave us on the on the lurch. Have you watched them all now? Yes, I have. It's crazy, eh? Yeah, it's just nuts. I'm really enjoying this season a lot, and I think the acting is superb, and all the different threads are uh, of the story are well done. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for, I think July 1st is when the next. uh, Yeah, it does. Yeah. So anyway, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens there. So yeah, let's uh, wrap this up again. Thanks to municipal solutions for their support. Our presenting sponsor each week, you can find them online at municipalsolutions.ca. And of course, uh, looneypolitics.com use the code podcast to get 50% off an annual subscription and you will get access to exclusive episodes that you cannot hear anywhere else uh, at looneypolitics.com. And the muskokashef.com or call Julie at 416-846-3653. And Jody, guess who I gave uh, and another thing podcast mug to today? Humble Howard. No. No, Steve Bacon. Steve Bacon got his mug. He was very happy. Very happy. Yes. Did he really like it or he didn't like smash it in a fit of rage, did he? (laughs) No, he did not. He's probably taking a Sharpie out and like covered my face up or something. No, 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 (laughs) no. He he has been a faithful listener from the very beginning and we want to thank him. I know there are other faithful listeners as well. Let me know and I'll try to get a mug to you. And now, and now I know how this is going to go. We're going to put this show out yeah. and then I'm going to get a text from you saying, I just heard from Steve. Steve says, no, Jody, I have not crossed out your face with a Sharpie. So. <laughs> That's right. He always corrects <laughs> the, the record. The amazing Kreskin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, what, we got to get him back on. Sure. When can we get him back on? Would not he be, sure. would he be, has he been on two times or three times? Twice. Twice. Have yeah. we had a three-time guest yet? Uh, I believe... I thought, I, I don't know. I'd have to check. No, I don't think so. Yeah. No, maybe not. We've had it. We've we, had two. If, if we haven't, Steve should be our first three-time yeah. guest. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that uh, he, he warrants that. So, um, Was there anything else we were well, supposed I to do? I think we've covered, the, we've covered the gamut here. <laughs> okay. <good. laughs> All right, Tony. We will do this again in seven days. You betcha.